God is good. All time. You need to speak louder. God is good. And all the time. And that is nature. Wow. Today I want us to share about grace. G-R-A-C-E. Grace. What is grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is a gift from Heavenly Father, given through His Son, Jesus Christ. The word grace, as used in the Bible, refers to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Everyone experiences challenges, but God's grace helps us to overcome them daily. Grace is unmerited favor towards sinner. It is the essence of the gospel. We get that from the book of Acts 24, verse 20. Acts 20, verse 24, and Romans 3, 24. Now, I might be very fast for you to write, but this sermon is going to be on podcast, and I think it's going also to be on email. If you need it, I'll send it to you. A gift is free to the receiver, but not to the giver. Who bears the cost? The gift of salvation is free to everyone who accepts it by faith. But Jesus died in our place in order to offer this gift to us. This extraordinary grace, the gift of salvation, It's ours to keep. God's grace is ours as long as we choose to accept it. The Bible says, but while the cost to Jesus was extreme, he died in our place so that we could live. He did this willingly for our sakes. Grace is part of God's DNA. It is the fundamental aspect of the nature of God, according to John 1, 14. Grace in Hebrew means a bent or stupid kindness. This we see in God's grace where we are given a picture of our Heavenly Father turning his shoulder to us in his kindness and love. We do not deserve God's favor, but because of his great love and mercy, he offers it to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Again, I had more research to get to know the meaning of grace in Greek. It means gift, favor, gratitude, joy. There are many uses of grace in the Bible. 
and they are associated with the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Grace is the opposite of the impossible work of trying to earn our own salvation, according to John 1.17. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We read that in Ephesians 2.8. So, grace brings gifts into our life. And today I want, to, I want to talk about the seven workings of grace. Seven workings of grace. First one, forgiveness. The first one being forgiveness, it's because we have all sinned and that leaves us guilty. Yeah. The guilt are always condemned and punished. When God created Adam, he wanted to have fellowship with them. He wanted to feel his presence with them complete. But after man's sin, God did not want to contain the man. But he wanted to renew the relationship with man. And that's where we find God's grace was sufficient too and enough that he decided to send his son, Jesus Christ, who came to be condemned for our sins, for just you and me. Jesus Christ went on the cross to carry our sin and bear our punishment so that we could experience this extreme forgiveness. And that's why we say in Jesus Christ we are forgiven for everything we ever did in the past. We are a new creature in God's eyes because we are God's grace. The second working, acceptance. When we receive Jesus Christ, God God not only forgives us, but he also welcomes us into his relationship with him. And that's why even Joy was feeling that joy, although she's called Joy, but she felt that joy to share about what God has done to her and because of the grace that has been working in her life. Jesus invites us into his family. God invites us into his family also. He adopts us as his children and gives us the father-son relationship that we are able to communicate with him direct. So we are able to tell him about our challenges, our needs, our wants, our concerns, our failures, all our troubles that we are going through. And he responds to us as a father responds to his son. Remember, sin is the only thing that separated us from God. But by grace, we are now having the acceptance to become children of God. We have 
the acceptance to be heirs in the kingdom of God. The third one, freedom. Have you ever discovered that every time you do something wrong, you feel guilty? And at times you even feel like you are a slave? I tend to look at the way sinners behave. Especially, let me take an example of someone maybe a thief. To my mind, I always think, I live every morning praise that God will help him to have his day finished when he's safe. And yet in his mind he's planning to go and steal somewhere. And because he doesn't know what he's doing, he's so addicted that every, every time he sees something, he just wants to snatch it. He's so addictive to stealing. Sin turns us to addicts. And we become slaves of sin. But God's grace breaks the bondage of sin and delivers us. And this gives us to say, I don't want to do that sin again. I don't want to do this thing again. Because the broken bondage is working in you. And the grace enables you. And you feel you really have the freedom. And it gives you to have that instinct that anytime I'm doing sin, I'm supposed to remember who am I? How come I am saved? I'm saved by grace. Why should I take Christ back to the cross? We change our ways to be the best. We receive the liberty into our life. We receive the freedom into our life. And so grace opens a two-way channel. We recognize to give our full self to Christ. And this opens our capacity to receive God's grace. And so by doing that, we get fully delivered. Hallelujah. Number four, joy. J-O-Y. I remember when we were young, when we, Sunday school, we were being told, J-O-Y means Jesus ourself or Jesus others then yourself but most of us we just want to be I, I, I joy, this is when you see God working things in your life and when you take advantage of the grace of the world it will not make you understand but if you take the advantage of, the go- of God's grace, then the people of this world will not understand how come, despite the challenges, despite all what you are going through, you are still happy. You still have that freedom. You still feel accepted. You still feel strong. Even when things seem to be tough in your life, you have a word to encourage someone. That is a wonderful working of grace in you. 
even when challenges come to you, it is as saying, I'm not seeing any problem big. And so you don't say more about how big the problem is. You see the problem, and you look at the problem, and you tell it how God is big. And you tell people how great your God is, and not how great and how big your problem is. Number five, pleasure or positivity in life. When you have forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, joy, you view your life in a positive way. And you feel spiritually you can take pleasure in all that God has created. You fear nothing in your life because the joy of the Lord is always in you. And you don't feel anything that is negative coming to your life because you know who you are. You know you are a child of God. And with God, nothing is impossible. Number six. I know I'm going very fast. I know I'm going very fast. Number six is favor. Favor, favor, favor. When you seem to have done a great mistake, God's grace speaks for you. And what does grace speak? It speaks favor. To walk in grace means to walk in and be under the influence of God. When favor speaks for you, nothing impossible in your life will ever happen. You are a God's trophy. And he wants everyone in the world to know who you are. God loves you so much. God loves us so much. And that's why grace is available to deliver and also to give us all the favor. You are yield it you are yours is to yield in his word. Yours is to command. Yours is to change every situation that you are undergoing in life. Remember? People may give you names that you don't like just because of that situation you are going through. But you have the authority to change the atmosphere. I remember one man in the Bible, Jabez. He felt it was too much on him because of just his name. He didn't like it. But he decided to have that intimacy with God. And because of the intimacy with God, he talked to God, he communicated to God. And he changed the atmosphere. He changed the way his name meant. His name meant sorrow, but he changed it to become happiness. Every time you undergo any challenge, Remember God's favor is upon you. Remember God's favor is always there and ready for you. Remember you are so important. God loves you so much. He has has accepted you. He has forgiven you. You have his joy in him. More. Even his favor is upon you. 
command your blessings and change your situation. Number seven and the last one. Completion. 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 God's grace is the grace of completion. When man sinned, his fellowship with God died. Now, when we go back to the book of Genesis and we read about how Adam and Eve sinned, we discover that when they went against God's will, God's presence departed from them. And so God had created these people because he wanted to have fellowship with them. But when they sinned, God did not have anywhere to have fellowship with these people. So God became lonely. In other words, God created Adam so that he can be having a place to come and stay. But now the devil came and ruled Adam's heart. And so God became homeless. No one in this world desires to become homeless. When we see homeless people, do you decide to be like that person? No. You just want to be in your house doing the best you can. Now, when Adam sinned, God became homeless. He never had a place to call home. Although he's the one who created Adam and Eve. But by God's grace, God made a way. And that's why he sacrificed his son. He made a way. And he paid the cost so that you and me can have that fellowship with God again. Grace has made us complete with God. We are restored. And even after this life, we shall unite with our Father forever and ever. Amen. 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 Now, those are the workings of grace. Levels of grace. I will not talk about many levels of grace, but I will just touch about three important levels of grace. The first one, we get it from the book of Ephesians 2.8. It says, grace of conversion. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. This is the first level of grace. The grace is received with conversion. When we, are, when we get born again, we need to grow in grace. We are converted to become God's children. Second level, sufficient. We get this from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. As we grow in the Lord, he is interested in growing from infanthood to adulthood. He wants us to grow. When we get converted... 
he gives us the sufficient, and then he wants to groom us with his sufficient grace so that we are exposed to more responsibility for our spiritual growth and maturity. The last level is great grace or great grace. Acts 4.33 And with great power the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. This is a level at which God begins to do the miraculous or the miracles through you. He starts doing the miraculous things in your life and the miracles are done through you. A realm of exploits in your life and in your ministry starts to be seen. The level of grace that is great attracts many things to you that money cannot buy. Some things about grace are best experienced than thought. So, we have two other graces that I'm going to touch a bit. And that one is, number four, is abundance grace. That text tells us that at the, after the first three levels, you become to a point or a level of having that abundant grace. And so you experience the favor and peace no matter what. Then the last one was all grace. It is the realm of sufficiency in all things. This is where you begin to, to function like Isaac, as you read in the book of Genesis. Three kinds of grace. One, saving grace. Two, sanctifying grace. Three, serving grace. Saving grace. Saving grace, sanctifying grace, and serving grace. I call them the three S graces. Saving grace. It comes to you when you first hear the gospel and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the saving grace. It comes to you when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ after hearing about him. Saving, S-A-V-I-N-G. The second one is sanctifying grace. It comes to you after you have been born again so that it can help you work out all things in your life that are not Christ-like. And the last one is the serving grace. Everyone likes serving grace because it provides the power to minister effectively to others. Serving, S-E-R-V-I-N-G. So 
the saving, sanctifying, and serving. Conclusion. God has given every one of us graces to serve with. But some of those graces are stuck inside and held captive because you are waiting for everything to be just right. This will never be right. As soon as God's serving grace comes to you, you are ready to begin to move in it. All you have to do is step out in faith. As you keep walking, the grace of God will get stronger and stronger in your life. So, child of God, break your fear barrier today. Break that fear barrier today and begin to activate God's serving grace in your life. May the Lord bless you so much. Amen. Amen. Pastor, welcome. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.